And welcome to another episode of Impressions of America. I'm Simon, and with me as always are Toby and Vaughn. Hi guys. Hi Simon. Hey Simon. In today's episode, we will be looking back at the Republican National Convention. God help us. Uh, We will then be discussing the article published in The Atlantic that accused President Trump of saying that Americans who died in war are losers and suckers. Uh, We'll start with the Republican National Convention, which took place primarily in Washington, D.C. between August 24th and August 27th, and was unlike any other RNC before it. The four-day event uh, saw a variety of Republican speakers, many of whom weren't actually related to Donald Trump. Um, The the speakers included girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr. and certified weirdo Kimberly Guilfoyle, they want to enslave you to the weak, dependent, liberal, victim ideology to the point that you will not recognize this country or yourself. President Trump spoke about making America great again. His promise was to put America first, and he has. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who was speaking from Israel while on a diplomatic trip. Franklin Graham, the worst cult leader since Jim Jones. And of course, President Trump. President Trump himself, who closed out the final day by giving his acceptance speech from the South Lawn of the White House, which was followed by a fireworks display that would have been over the top for a South American dictator. Um, I think a good way to maybe capture the tone of the, the event was the fact that there's a wiki wiki article, Wikipedia article on it, and there's a section called Use of Unwitting Participants, which kind of sums up nicely the ridiculousness of having a reality TV show show fraudster like Donald Trump get into bed with an organization as relentlessly evil as the Republican Party. Vaughn, what the fuck did we just witness? Simon, I don't know. It was <laughs> it was insane. Like 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 I thought I going into it I was like I don't have high expectations. Um which was the same going into the DNC. I was just like I'm coming to this to watch what is happening. And this was just a mess. And then it kept getting worse. <laughs> and like one person had to explain that she's not a ghost. <laughs> like it was just, it was a it was a time. And then Trump clapped for himself. And I was like, that sounds right. <laughs> like that tracks. It was just <laughs> It was a journey, and I didn't want to be on it. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Did you, do you think we missed Jeb Bush? Do you think that would have brought things to a, a more successful conclusion? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what we missed, Simon. What was that? We missed a nomination for Mitt Romney. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm angry about it. Well, did, I don't know if you guys saw, there was some woman who tweeted that before the event that she was convinced that the Repo- Republican Party weren't going to nominate Trump and they were going to no- nominate Mitt Romney instead, which is just, br- I mean, I think those are the kind of predictions you should make. I mean, just because if you're wrong, you're wrong. But on like the 0% one chance you're right, you would look like <laughs> an absolute genius. Um, was that woman me? Was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hacked into your dr- your fever dreams, Vaughn. Um, <laughs> uh Toby, do you have any any thoughts on 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 the on the circus itself, and maybe how it contrasts to the the Democratic National Convention? Um, I would say that 
the overarching theme at this convention was um, probably law and order. Mm-hmm. There was a sort of overfocus on um, the, the cities, uh, the democratic controlled cities, and trying to get normal or sort of average people in the convention who are black or, say, w- women, and to talk about how the democratic cities and the Democrats are doing really bad and it's sort of chaotic and things like that. Yeah, I think um, the, Trump was really looking to try to frame himself as a law and order president mm-hmm. in, in the yeah. convention. And, um, yeah, and I think um, the issue of COVID didn't really come up that much. Mike Pence, uh, in, in his speech, uh, he talked about how the, the Trump administration had created a really sort of booming economy with you know, mm-hmm. sort of uh, great employment rates for minorities and, and sort of people in general. And he sort of said that the pandemic was beyond their control and then said uh, that we're going to do it again if we're, if we're reelected. So, yeah, there's a a combined uh, message of law and order without any sort of introspection about mm-hmm. the Republicans' uh, policy, you know, circumstances and consequences that have, have um, exacerbated the COVID crisis. I suppose, you know, we always think that... Um, if you look at the 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 rate in a hundred, uh, hundred and forty thousand more Americans have died than perhaps in uh, in Germany. So it's clear that the Republicans' policies have contributed to that. But there was almost no no talk of it. I suppose it being a virtual convention fuels that in some ways because they're not as reactive, but in terms of, like, the, the long story of, of COVID, it, it, it really didn't seem to be something that they were bothered about. It was just the, the riots that they cared about. And, and I guess that comes across um, also in um, the, the use of Tim Scott, the senator, as the sort of black, black friend for Donald Trump. And um, and I think it's, it's a focus on... You know, the, 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 the cities are, are dark, there's, there's a lack of uh, law and order, but Trump is definitely not a racist. And uh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I, I think there's a, the, 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 for me, the, the messaging was to suburbanites and, and to older voters. Some voters who might think that Trump is mean, but sort of like his policies and some voters who have that sort of white flight anxiety about you know the the cities and african americans and, and things but trying to pan it down and saying that you know that all of this is not racist yeah i, I think that's a good point i remember one of the speakers i think it might be the chief of staff was speaking and tried to make a, a deliberate point of saying that donald trump was really kind and you don't get to see the kind of good person that he is and the media are kind of clouding the the aura around him and that if only they could see the the really decent human being that he is and you you could really feel how much that was a lie how difficult that was to try and convince anybody that donald uh, you know whatever you think of donald trump him being a genuinely good kind person i think is pretty far down the list Ron, you, yeah and it's it's super important for the kinds of people that 
practice trying to attract because you know election in 2016 mm -hmm. um sort of white women in general voted for trump more than they voted for hillary clinton but he's shedding those voters especially college educated white women, and he's shedding old, old voters so in terms of the audience sort of that is why as, as you say this 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 kind of message uh, you know he's a nice he's a decent person he's a he's a nice guy things are being said and you know almost in tongue-in-cheek but they they sort of need to be said by the by the Republicans. Was that Tan Scavino saying that? I honestly, at this point, it was just a white man. They all look exactly. Yeah. Oh, they all look exactly the same at this point. He, Dan Scavino opened his speech by saying Trump is a kind man. He is. He is a kind person, and he repeated it a couple times. And he looked terrified. Like <laughs> his eyes were super wide, and he looked like he was trying to convince himself as much as us. So, I make. Uh, Toby say similar things when he guests on other podcasts about me. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, Vaughn, do you have any sort of general thoughts other than just sort of screaming in terror as to kind of the, maybe the substance, if any, off off the Republican convention and maybe how it contrasted to the the message that we were hearing from Biden and the Democrats? Right. Yeah. I think I think my research background in pulling out anti-communist sentiments really helped with this because I was begging for something good to use. Um, and I do think there were a few things of note. Um, one of them was going on with the law and order business and kind of comparing it to the DNC. Pence is the the only one that directly, it that I saw, the only one that directly, like, acknowledged the DNC um, for a significant part of his speech. Mm -hmm. And he said, last week, Joe Biden said democracy is on the ballot. And the truth is, our economic recovery is on the ballot. Law and order are on the ballot. But so are things far more fundamental and foundational to our country. In this election, it is not, it's not so much whether America will be more conservative or more liberal, more Republican or more Democrat, the choice in this election is whether America remains America. And then he went on to talk about um, America being about freedom and free markets. And then he very quickly added onto the end of that and the unalienable rights of life and liberty. Um, as if he forgot <laughs> that, <laughs> that people live in the country and it's not just an economy. Um, but I think that that's interesting. I think it's an interesting thing to that that that's the approach that they went with. Like, as Toby was saying, um, it's much more on law and order. It's it's more on the quote unquote values that these Republicans stand for. Um, and he also said Joe Biden would set America on a path of socialism and decline, which is fun. I Sounds wish he would. Yeah. I really, really wish he would. Um, so that's that thing. And then I think that that also was compounded by Trump's speech in which he was talking about um, that spirit of America that, that Mike Pence had invoked. Um, and Trump said, we are not a nation of timid spirits. We are a nation of fierce, proud, and independent American patriots. We are a nation of pilgrims, pioneers, adventurers, explorers, and trailblazers who refuse to be tied down, held back, or in any way reined in. And I think that this is part of their whole ploy of 
relating back to Republicans of the 1800s with the kind of repeated Republicans are the party of Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, so why wouldn't you elect Trump? Um, he's good for black people. Who was... Um, John Smith said America's um, strength is America's future. America's people are America's strength. And every issue important to black communities has been important to Donald Trump. Sure. So, so they're all trying to kind of like rein in this idea of law and order and also that it's the, the party of Lincoln. Um, and Trump's invoking this kind of spirit of the, the pioneers and adventurers, explorers, trailblazers. And that harks back to the Turner thesis that we talked about a few episodes ago um, with the California ideology that we are still a frontier nation and that American culture and American identity comes from our explorer kind of past of pushing boundaries and pushing frontiers and and claiming new lands and things. Um, and I thought it was really interesting that they all kind of went down this line when Biden's campaign, or the DNC at least, was more kind of about the Ameri the modern American spirit, like post-World War II. Um, and I, like, I think that's very interesting that they chose different aspects of American spirit as it's been defined at different points in American history uh, to kind of align with. I mean, maybe it's not that surprising in the sense that politicians love American history or the American ideology of history you know this idea of sort of brave men you know whether it be fighting the British or fighting the Nazis or you know fighting black people you know whatever it is they need to fight they will sort of unite in one common goal and defeat them um I guess the, the idea of adventure and this idea of you know new kingdoms to explore i mean i guess you're being a bit harsh on the republicans and donald trump because i mean just look now the the american capital is now in moscow so that's that's <laughs> that's taken america all the way around the globe um von do you think do you think this was a successful kind of message that trump was able to get out there this or the republicans were able to get out there this idea of you know the the vote for Lincoln, but also just this, as Toby was saying, this idea of building Trump up as a man of decency. Do you think there was any success in that, or do you think that's kind of impossible to say? Um, I don't think he won any voters with, mm -hmm. the, with the RNC. I think he may have kind of reconvinced some of his voters that they should still be voting for him. Mm -hmm. Um and made them kind of more dedicated, I guess. I don't know. Um, but... I think um, uh, on, the, on this point, what we are sort of seeing in polling is that George Floyd's incident happened. You had a lot of sort of white Democrats agreeing fully with uh, and even outstepping black um, Americans in their views that African-Americans are not treated right by the police. And so there was a sort of, uh, and then, then you also had like just white Americans in general, even independents and some Republicans pulling 
that way more than they had before. But I think that in the intervening period, especially with some of the riots and uh, um, the way some of the rights have been depicted since, the, the white Republican and the independent uh, polling seems to show that they've gone back to a more traditional view of the, the role of police and the, the, the view of law and order. So I think I don't necessarily know if um, the Trump campaign is in, has improved on that or sort of drawn more people in, but it, it seems to have rightly anticipated uh, the way their voters or their potential voters are thinking about this. I think that's a really interesting point, Toby. You know, we, we've done shows for the last few months and talked about how America has reacted to, you know, the, the riots and the protests and the police brutality and the, those types of things. And we have seen for a while we did, you know, we saw the kind of grand gestures from the left, you know, Pelosi taking a knee and talking about, you know, structural change within, you know, American life and within American politics and, the, you know, within the police system, etc. But I, th- I think you're right. They, they have kind of, it, it certainly feels as if they're able to, get the message across or they're able to kind of calm down this idea of America needing change when it comes to the police and maybe reinserting the idea that actually the police are the ones keeping you safe. You know, you have, I think it was Rand Paul who was uh, made a big deal of the fact that he had some protesters near him after he gave his RNC speech and he said he feared for his life and he said if the police weren't there, you know, he thought he was going to die and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's impossible to say whether or not Rand Paul can just die from having anyone near him, but, you know, (laughs) fingers crossed. Uh, Don't don't tread on me. And and I guess that's um, that's why Eric uh, Trump said that um, Biden wanted to defund the police. Uh, Oh, he also said Biden wanted to take his second amendment, but he said Biden wanted to defund the police because they must be seeing in polling that that kind of stuff just isn't working with uh, voters. Obviously, Biden doesn't want to defund the police at all. He's just, he's, you know, yeah. he's he wrote the crime bill. He's a, he's you know, he's basically a conservative Democrat in many ways. But yeah, I think that's why they're sort of trying to slam home these points about, you know, Biden's view on policing and um, and and other other law and order issues. Vaughn, how excited were you to see Tiffany Trump finally make a, an appearance in public? Are you just glad that she's alive? And well? <laughs> I do not think I could pick Tiffany Trump out of a lineup of the <laughs> like Fox News blondes. I, I don't know. Nah, she she wouldn't make it on Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, I just remembered while you were talking, Toby, that Donald Trump Jr. looked like he was coked out. <laughs> God, that was part of the convention. That was was... Him and his girlfriend just going through that powder together. Yeah, and guys, I would want to ask as well, the question is, which speech did you think was the craziest? Um, Just for That's like, fair. for volume, I would have to go with uh, the... Kimberly Guilfoyle speech just because it was like someone had put the settings wrong like someone had just like bought a android girlfriend for <laughs> Donald Trump Jr and it just 
configured things incorrectly and she was just shouting at you through the television and you know she just wasn't able to even say normal sentences without really going off so for me i'll remember the kimberly guilfoy one just because of the volume if nothing else i don't know about you vaughn i mean there are so many to choose from right <laughs> like i think probably um alice marie johnson because she said that she's not a ghost <laughs> like she had to confirm that she is not a ghost and it was i had to pause and like take a moment when i heard that because i was like what am i watching and i i was like am i watching like a satire collection of the speeches like where did this come from no it was there she said that like w was that better than clint eastwood with his ghost chair <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that's when we that that was the crazy thing that happened at the Republican oh my God. conventions? Clinton Eastwood used to point at a chair. Yeah, yeah, that that, that really was odd. I forgot that was <laughs> but like that seems normal, right? Compared to this one, like like one person said she's not a ghost. The the president of the UFC like threatened to fight America. Like <laughs> just like. <laughs> It was insane. It's and weird, like, like Dana White. I think this is his second Republican convention, isn't it? It, it is. is. Yeah, he did, he did 2016 as well. Yeah, like, he's famous reasonably. He's not that famous. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, this is my famous friend. He's not that famous. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, why he's always here. <laughs> he, he's a white man who's going to vote for Trump. I mean, they give Eric, Eric Trump yeah. a, a platform, so they'll give Dana White one. That's um, true, yeah. Most um, people kind of <laughs> would, um, would. I, I just want, wanted to touch on quickly because it involved Trump. It involves things, you know, like them breaking the law. That's just kind of a standard <laughs> procedure for the Trumps. It is amazing just how many things they kind of did that, like Democrats and people in the news were going, I can't believe they're doing this at a Republican event. I can't believe we're seeing this on live TV. They're just doing things which, you know, if the Democrats did. Fox News would be jumping up and down and then it sort of went away after a few days and people didn't really care I know there's supposed to be an inquiry into Mike Pompeo you know being out of the country and doing work and at the same time giving a, a speech endorsing Trump but yeah. I mean do you, do you guys actually care anymore about the crimes that the Trumps commit I mean I just it's just like great like, I, I guess um, just on that point of the, about the crimes the <laughs> they they said that the Hatch Act had been violated yeah. because um, Trump sort of did his acceptance in front of the White House. Sure. Um, yeah. So and and I guess you know like the the Democrats again it's 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 quite a weighty and difficult message to really articulate to the public about why this is a crime. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Democrats are going to follow up on it, but it just it shows you again like they can commit crimes of this, especially procedural and institutional yeah. violations very easily and, and nothing will happen what did you guys think of the fact that they had a sort of swearing in nationalization ceremony oh as part of the rnc and apparently some of the people who there who were there didn't realize they were going to be part of the rnc <laughs> do you know how angry that made me is I... that because is that because you wanted to be one of the people that got sworn in, Vaughn? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've lost my citizenship. You've lost your citizenship. <laughs> definitely, definitely got taken away from this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I just, that was so fucked up. Like, <laughs> on so many levels. To 
oh my God, I don't even know how to articulate this. I was, I'm just so viscerally angry about it. Like, one, he spent the last almost four years, well, no, more than four years, absolutely trashing immigrants. Like, mm-hmm. I would never want to be face to face with him. Like, you can come to America and you can believe in American values and also hate Donald Trump. Like, those those things can happen at the same time. And you can absolutely despise the man for the things that he has said about you and your family and your people and the way that you're choosing to have a better life. And then to be used as a political pawn in an in a probably illegal, I'm gonna say it was probably <laughs> legal. I don't know exactly, but fair guess there. Um, ethically sketchy. Ethically sketchy, that's a great way to say it. Or, well, ethically, no, it's just wrong. It's not <laughs> even sketchy, it's just wrong. To put them on, on national television and have Trump butcher their names and then <laughs> swear them in as citizens, like, oh my God, as part of his, uh, and you know the difficult thing here is that yeah Trump is like putting a pro legal immigration message um, here, but if you look at um, Stephen Miller or you look at the the Bannon, they, they have been one of the most anti-immigration, not just illegal mm-hmm. immigration, but legal immigration. It's yeah. legal immigration that they've really tackled in this administration, and and it yeah it makes a real mockery of. Of that whole thing, absolutely. You, you have that prick, Chad Wolf. Like, oh. just oh god, I hate that guy. He looks like someone to hate, and he just—he was just smiling the whole time. And like, you people are evil. They in are so many ways, and you just blatantly put it on national television during a political convention that you were just—you're just destroying people's personal lives by even being present in them. (laughs) I think two points I'd like to add to this. One is that it's important to remember that Trump's wife um, is an immigrant and she's here on an Einstein visa. So, you Mm. know, that that seems correct. Uh, (laughs) And the, the, the second part is that Toby and I would give up anything, not just to be sworn in as American citizens, but to be sworn in as an American citizen during the RNC. I can't think of things. I can't <laughs> think of a single thing that that Toby and I would love more. We are so jealous of that, aren't we, Toby? To, to be weaved into the poetry of American life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just just yeah. imagine, Vaughn, it, it, just imagine it was that, but it was Romney doing it. Can you imagine how excited we'd be then? Oh, yeah, it would be great if he did it. This is yeah. definitely one-sided. <laughs> no, it's so messed up. It's just, like, don't do that. Like, that's just so low. Like, this is what I was talking about. I had zero expectations, and they still were worse than I expected. Like, yeah. it's just so wrong. And, and then, their, Sorry, I was going to say, and their viewership seems to have been down on the DNC as well, which must have really pissed Trump off. Good. Like, I, I watch Stephen Colbert every morning. I watch his, his monologues, because before I can read the news, I need, like, a satire mixer. I need a mm. comedian to break the news to me so that I can kind of face it. Before you have the hard scotch, you have a bit, bit of uh, a bit of water with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a little, a little satire cocktail. Um, and I was watching his like wrap ups of the D- or the RNC last week. And on on the third day, 
he was like, I didn't even watch it because I just was so mad that I couldn't bring myself to watch it. They've just been lying to the American people while committing so many crimes against the Hatch Act and against like just public decency. And he just couldn't watch the, the third night. And I don't blame him. He was like, I didn't do my job. My job is to watch this and make jokes about it. And I literally couldn't do it because it's just so messed up. And he was like, stop watching it. Don't give it airtime. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that sentiment. That he was I missed, I, well, I, I do sort of vaguely remember this, but I'm, so I'm just reading off a piece here. It says, um, it's talking about Donald Trump Jr., uh, Trump derided his father's main opponent, uh, Joe Biden, with numerous nicknames, including Beijing, Biden, and the Loch Ness Monster of the Swamp. What? <laughs> now, I, the hometown where I'm from in Scotland, up in the Highlands, isn't actually that far from Loch Ness. So I just have this idea of Biden taking a swim in that now, which is a lovely image. <laughs> uh, Toby, are there any mythical creatures that you'd like to compare to Joe Biden? <laughs> Such as like an ethical Republican or something like that. I, um, I, I can think of one right off my head. A mythical creature, probably like like one of those um, gnomes, but the sleepy <laughs> one. Of... <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll we'll come back to this later on when we'll have a roundup on what magical creatures. Uh, that's going to be Trump's which politicians for him, isn't it? Sleepy yeah. Man. Biden. The Loch Ness Monster of the Swamp. Is that because he's fictional? I mean... I <laughs> um, okay. Is is there anything we, more we'd like to touch on the RNC? I mean... I guess um, there's a focus on how they tried to present Biden. Sure. And in, in, the, in the RNC, there's a lot of uh, shots of uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, AOC, Il- Il- Ilhan Omar, and the, the you know the the, the sweeping specter of um, socialism, but yeah, and, and it's and I guess that the focus on Biden is that he's a Trojan horse, and I and I think that's mm-hmm. what they they tried to show throughout the the con- convention when when they referred to Biden, they yeah they they're not trying to deal with him on his own terms. It's like think like Eric Trump is saying he wants to defund the police which obviously he doesn't they're trying to say that he is um going going to be and and to be honest nikki haley did nikki haley did say quote biden when biden said you know i'm going to be the most progressive president in in, in history mm-hmm. um and i think that's really what they're trying to get biden on and I, it's, it's funny biden really he hasn't really taken on the policies of his opponents, really. He's he's just gone with things that, that poll reasonably well. He he's really sort of tried to fly safe. Yeah. Well, just on that, do you think the Republicans are struggling to hit Joe Biden in any meaningful way? They've obviously got the sleepy Joe stuff, but I mean, beyond that, they they do seem it's, it does seem more difficult for them to land a punch than they were with Hillary. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it, that's uh, it's definitely true. I think they they did refer to Hunter Biden in the sort of the the, the crimes or the alleged um, sort of uh, lobbying, you know, the interest lobbying and in, in, in that that 
that Hunter Biden was involved in Ukraine. Mm. But I don't, I don't know if, if this stuff, I don't even know that many, if that many Americans really know who Hunter Biden is, mm-hmm. my opinion. And there's it, a question that Joe doesn't either, but we'll. Yeah. <laughs> and it had been, it had been a sort of big thing during the primaries when um, Trump was trying to hit Biden directly, but it hasn't really come up since. And I suppose um, the way Trump handled the Ukraine situation, mm-hmm. really, that overshadowed the issues with, with Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Vaughn, anything else you'd like to add to the shit show that was the RNC? Um, yeah, there are a couple of things. Okay. So one is that I learned for the first time, and I will admit this, I learned that Mike Pence's wife's name, mother, is Karen. <laughs> and I love that. I can't believe that's not a meme already. Um, <laughs> second is that a few women on like the third night, I think it was, um, Kellyanne Conway and Karen Pence both talked about the 19th Amendment. And the DNC did this too. Nancy Pelosi talked, and afterwards, they, they all acknowledged the 19th Amendment. And um, for us idiots out there, the 19th Amendment is? Women getting the right to vote. Okay. A hundred years ago, like last week. Mm-hmm. But oh. only white women got <laughs> the right to vote. Toby, don't get me too on this podcast. Please. <laughs> yeah, so Sorry. it's a hundred years, and um, yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, sort of women like Nikki Haley and Kellyanne Conway and Laura Trump, there was that uh, attempt to get at the sort of white women or college-educated white women vote through these kinds of appeals. Yeah, and I'm faulting both parties for this because they they all were like, it's been 100 years since women could vote and it's this amazing thing, but only white women had the right to vote. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody acknowledged the fact that all women didn't have the right to vote until much later in the century. Um, and I think that was, like, that's an everybody's at fault for this one, for just white feminism. I think after the last election, we should be questioning whether or not white women should have the right to vote. Did you? Maybe. Yes, I agree with you. There. <laughs> okay, so I was in Ireland when the election happened. Uh, I had just started at Trinity in a classics program and I was looking for a thesis topic and I was talking to my supervisor and we were, we had just read the news that there was a movement of women after the election saying that women shouldn't have the right to vote. <laughs> and sh- there, there's a similar kind of story in Athens, um, in ancient history that, that women were like, we shouldn't be able to vote. And she was like, you could do your thesis on that. And I was like, do you know how fucking depressing that is? Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, actual American women in the 21st century were like, we don't need this. And it, oh my God, after they got Trump elected. And it's like, you are the worst people. Um, anyway, so that's something that was, that was a little tangent. And then the last thing is that um, Ivanka's speech was just very weird. That's For me, surprising. I was very uncomfortable. She opened it with saying dad. And it was like, ugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least it wasn't daddy. Yeah, oh God. And then she was saying, like, if these problems were easy to solve, other presidents would have done so already. And it's like, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, oh, my God. 
And then she also said that quote that's been ringing around for the last week. Washington has not changed Donald Trump. Donald Trump has changed Washington. Mm-hmm. And that's a sad reality, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, the presidency presidency is supposed to change the president. like, yep. Or at least historically it has been that way. And the only thing that he has done in Washington is just so deeper kind of issues between parties and make it even more kind of just aggressive mm-hmm. and um, partisan. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like that. Like, I don't like that she was saying that as if it's a good thing. But that is a good thing as far as they're concerned, because Trump's whole message is that he's an outsider. He's outside of the, you know, yeah. the Washington elite. And, you know, he, he's outside of the swamp. You know, I, I guess for them, this that is a good thing. You know, they don't want Donald Trump to change. They want him to, you know, block up Hillary Clinton and build a wall. Right. I guess that it's that, like, divide and conquer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then also that Trump was, like, calling Joe Biden Sleepy Joe, but he sounded sedated for his full 70-minute speech. Maybe that's why uh, Donald Trump Jr. was shouting. Maybe he was just trying to wake up his father. Yeah, yeah. the, the energy of the whole RNC was evened out between Trump falling asleep <laughs> and Don Jr. on coke. Yeah. I'd like to say for legal reasons, we have no uh, actual evidence that he was on cocaine. <laughs> that is true, yes. But it's strongly hindered at by his performance. Um, right, shall we move on to the next Donald Trump uh, topic? Oh, just, you know, moving from one, just, I don't, I don't even know where to really begin with this, other than to say... There was a Jeff Jeffrey Goldberg article in the Atlantic that had multiple sources that basically painted this picture of Donald Trump as, um, yeah, he, he doesn't care about other people, which really shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's been paying even the slightest bit of attention to the reality over the last, you know, 50 years. Um, I'll just read the opening couple of paragraphs on the article, just in case you, the audience has not, not read the piece. Uh, when President Donald Trump cancelled a visit... To the Asmarine American Cemetery near Paris in 2018, he blamed rain for the last-minute decision, saying that the helicopter couldn't fly and the Secret Service wouldn't drive him there. Neither claim was true. Trump rejected the idea of the visit because he feared his hair would become disheveled in the rain and because he did not believe it important to honour American war dead, according to four people with first-hand knowledge of the discussion that day. In a conversation with senior staff members on the morning of the scheduled visit, Trump said, why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. In a separate conversation on the same trip, Trump referred to more than 1,800 Marines who'd lost their lives in the Bali Woods as suckers for getting killed. Uh, Toby, what was your initial reaction to this article when you uh, when you saw it? Um, I think I was... I was just deeply confused by it, just on a level that I th- I felt that the the kind of narcissism he was displaying, and and also like the kind of like cognitive uniqueness, you know, like not to mm-hmm. be able to, because I mean a lot of this stuff, you know, like it'd be weird if you thought about it, but saying it to people, <laughs> and so it's like he's not he's not regulated by 
the the social needs of people around him, which I, yeah, I was so like just on the level of like child psychology, I found it really confusing and and very interesting actually because he said some things. Not only did he call these people losers, he referred to H. W. Bush as a loser for getting shot down in mm-hmm. as a fire pilot in uh, World War Two. Mm-hmm. Pacific, and I, and I just thought, like, what audience or what group of people could you say this to? And it isn't like, you know, oh, the 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 Trump Republicans are, you know, I mean that they, they, I disagree with the Trump Republicans on almost everything about politics, mm-hmm. but I I don't even think you could say this to Bannon or, you know. Mm-hmm. It, people people like that i don't i don't know where this yeah i don't know where this kind of these kinds of opinions could be held uh, apart from maybe by the japanese in in you know in, in the 40s or, or the mm-hmm. nazis or something it's 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 yeah for me it's deeply confused confusing but i think that's my first takeaway f- from it von your your initial reaction to it um so i saw the article and i was like yeah that sounds right like (laughs) that that tracks i mean after everything he said about mccain and Mm -hmm. saying that he prefers his his soldiers not captured and it's like why would you say that (laughs) that that was the first one for me that i was just like that one made me that i was confused that trump supporters could support him after he said that Mm -hmm. um because he had taken jabs at McCain before even the, the election. Yeah. And then after the fact, he, he attacked him fairly frequently. And then there was the whole issue with his funeral and everything. Um, but when I was reading the article, I remembered the day that he refused to go. And I was like, that is so messed up. Like, that he said it was because of the rain. And I remember Trump supporters being like, well, it was raining. He couldn't go to a cemetery. Like, mm-hmm. being like that's completely reasonable. And I was just like, how are you cool with that? And then and then I read the article of, of the things that he said. And I was like, yeah, that tracks. That mm-hmm. I remember but, this day. And I remember his supporters being behind it. But some of this McCain stuff was, like, deeply personal. Like, McCain disliked him. And, you know, like, in almost, like, his final act, I, I remember it being sort of embalmed. He, he mm-hmm. came out and voted against Trump in... in Mm-hmm. on the uh, on the senate senate floor yeah. so yeah they they didn't like each other and, and stuff like i'm not gonna go to that loser's funeral when mm. you don't when you dislike someone i don't know it's like i mean it's not nice but it it there's there's a little bit of normalcy to that yeah mm-hmm. like it's understandable but the whole like i prefer my soldiers not captured like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. As you say, it, does, it, it fits in with Trump's idea that no matter what you're doing, there's winners and losers, and that you should always be trying to win at everything. You know, politics for him is about winning and losing. It's about can I defeat the Chinese in this negotiation? Can I make the Democrats look bad? It's not about you know can I improve the lives of people who are who are you know unfortunate or who are struggling right now. It's how do I personally gain from this? And you know, Trump's made yeah. a a life of that you know his idea is how do i personally benefit from this situation so the idea of going to a situation 
where there's no personal benefit to i mean imagine trump in a in a jungle trying to you know fight the vietnamese i mean what would be he didn't yeah (laughs) what what would be the personal gain for him i mean there's nothing you know if he gets shot and injured or shot and captured there's no personal gain for him in that and so as you i think you're right toby i think it is it's interesting from a you know pop psychology kind of point of view of how do we how do we try and understand someone who has no empathy and no no idea about some of the more basic sort of fundamental human structures that we kind of live by you know we all appreciate even if we don't support a war the idea that maybe a soldier is in an unfortunate position because you know they've been put there by government and they still feel they're serving a a government and they're serving their country trump just has no idea about any of that um von i was just wondering how you compare this to maybe some of the stuff that you read about in too much and never enough by mary l trump Mm -hmm. um i mean it it tracks like i'm not surprised by any of it she said some of these things um that he had mentioned that uh he and his dad both thought that military service was for suckers um that if you don't have a personal stake in something then you have zero interest in it was there kind of ideology about things and there's no kind of belief in something beyond the self in in their family um beyond anything kind of self-serving so it absolutely makes sense that he would think this way but i'm just like very much like what mary trump said in her book i'm just shocked that people are still willing to support him when they know that this is what he's like and they know that like deep down they know that he said those things Mm -hmm. because he's said enough publicly to kind of corroborate the claims that he did say these things and it's just surprising to me that people would still be willing to support him. And it really stands out in contrast from his speech last week that he was calling American troops patriots and running into like a field of glory and everything. And it's like, all of those words are empty. And we knew it when you were saying it last week because you didn't have any emotion when you were saying it. Mm-hmm. And now we just know even more that you don't care. You don't care about the troops. And it like, I was going to say the the one interesting point I think that we sh- should mention is that you know this isn't some sort of isolated incident for Trump when it comes to the, the troops you know you have things like where um he was wanting to put on the uh sort of pride of of the uh, army parade or whatever it was going to be through Washington DC and he he talked about not wanting to have in, injured uh pers- service personnel there because it would like look bad in the cameras and Americans wouldn't want to see it you know that that type of thing we also hear the story that he didn't want to lower the American flag after John McCain died because he didn't like John McCain. And his staffers had to kind of vehemently argue with him to to get that done. And eventually it did because, you know, it was better politics for it to, to happen that way. I think it's, as you say, Vaughn, it's, it's not a surprise that Trump behaves this way or feels this way. I think what is maybe slightly different from too much and never enough is that this is maybe the one attack of the group of people in America that you can't attack, or at least you can't attack if you're sort of a, a middle American, as it were, which is the troops, you know, th- yeah. this idea of people who sacrifice themselves for the country. And 
we know how patriotic so many Americans are. I think the fact that some of this stuff has been now confirmed by even Fox News, let alone you know other reputable news sources like Fox News have been talking about this, and they've been talking about the fact that you know this is the kind of thing that tracks with what they're hearing about Trump. And you you know it, it's very easy to make a joke and go, "Wow, an Atlantic article that's really going to change the Trump base's mind on Trump." But uh, it it could you know it, there generally could be some people there who will feel pissed off you know we, i've read some tweets about you know people going oh my father or my grandfather's just heard about this and he's livid you know maybe they weren't diehard trump supporters but maybe they were people who didn't fancy voting at all prior to this and now they might actively go against trump because of it so, so we, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on how this might get picked up in the media and how you know if we have fox news against them is that uh is that a turning point from um, yeah, I mean, I think there is some polling that shows, and I, and I think hold this with a grain of salt, that some aspects of the military will be voting for Biden in the majority. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, um, for them, it's, it's, it's for a confluence of different issues. You know, it might be Trump's um, foreign policy um, comments like this. But yeah, and, and, and I think probably when you when we reach back to Trump's loss of the the over 65 vote, like, 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 there are some cracks in obviously conservative constituencies. And this kind of stuff just doesn't track with them at all. And it's, it just, it's weird that it comes out or that journalists are able to get this kind of information or he's able to make these kinds of com- comments. It is strange for someone who wants to win elected <laughs> office yeah yeah it's and i think that just on twitter i've been seeing people just quoting the article over and over again and, and people making comments of just, just 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 inexplicable um reactions to it and 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 obviously justified but i would say that with with trump it's it's an odd thing because so much of our um, national media discourse just has just this great reverence for the military. You know, you don't. You only have to go to the studio, the MSNBC studios with the Joe Joe Scarborough every every week, and there there were just you know the, the troops, McCain, you know, flowing uh, music that that's supposed to lift you up and make you think about sacrifice and nationhood and some sort of brotherhood and, and valor and the thing about it is that the characters he's been he's attacked um mccain for one and then hw bush you know both of them came out mccain came out of a military family and hw bush sort of came out of a political family but they, they both had a sense of duty a sense of that that you know they had inherited some wealth or some status but it it meant that they needed to give themselves up for something higher and that sort of martial sensibility among people in and you who sort of inherited wealth or in the in the upper class in america sort of tracks with other countries in, in many ways it's, you only have to go back to world war one in in britain when you know so many of they they, they called it you know the flower of the generation or whatever who who died um in world war one 
you know, sort of less so in World War Two. But there, there is, there has always been this sense. But I do think, and you know, like Trump's a crazy person, like obviously this is weird. <laughs> but I do think that that's been whittled down uh, ever so slightly over the last sixty years, especially since the since World War Two. And then you get something like Vietnam, where people like Trump, even pe- people in the same circumstances as H.W. Bush and uh, not McCain, because McCain went. They, those people got deferments. You know, a lot of young uh, people from upper middle class backgrounds or upper class backgrounds got deferments from that war. So and um, stayed out of it. You know, it was didn't Trump say something like he was having sex during Vietnam or something like that? Or, <laughs> um, right, yeah, yeah. And and then I guess you know the 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 seventies, um, eighties, and nineties military conflicts become more fractious and less popular. Iraq is deeply unpopular. So it, it, in trying to find or seek Trump in some sort of tradition, maybe that there is this idea because, like, he, he in the article he says that some people are, um, said, "Oh, this guy's really smart." Uh, I talked to this guy; he's really smart. Why? Why did he go into the military? Smart people don't do that. They're, they're losers, right? So there's a sense that the the best of us, the best minds, um, you know, the luckiest of us shouldn't try to serve others. They should just try to make as much money for themselves as possible. Yeah. Which I think is pretty much Vaughn's ideology. Is that correct, Vaughn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all about uh, cash. You are all about the cash. That's why you're a student. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it's hard to disagree with any of that, Toby. I don't, I don't really know how much more there is to say. I mean, I, I was not... It's one of those things where you're, you're, you're shocked to immediately see it in the sense it's being reported, but you're not surprised to see the content of it at all. Like, n- none of this is surprising to see. You know, we weren't... It's not like... I've been shocked if Joe Biden had said that, you know, American soldiers were, were losers. That would be an, a genuine surprise and genuine change of character for him for donald trump that's that's exactly what he is and that's exactly what he believes so um i i guess the the one sin you can have is probably picking on particular you know american soldiers and talk about those that died as you know losers i imagine that is probably a sin which i know i know trump isn't a normal politician but politicians just shouldn't be able to bounce back from if this sticks in any way for him um and even you know trump has often talked about how the you know he's sort of an anti-war president you know he's not wanting to drag us into wars the, the way his predecessors were and you know that that's that's kind of to the side of what this is which is a very personal attack on you know not visiting visiting you know marines and cemeteries which is i can't think of a greater sin for, you know if you were writing a tv show and you wanted your your uh your fake president to make us a, a sin on American politics. I can't think of a greater one, other than maybe you know coming out against Mitt Romney. Uh, that's maybe mm. the, the only comparable thing. Um, do we have anything more to add about the article or about um what this? I mean, I suppose the only question is, do we do we feel this has done any great damage? My 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 own view is that 
it hasn't changed anything in the greater sense. It may have reduced his margins a little bit. Um, I still think Donald Trump's easiest road to victory is voter fraud and voter suppression. I thought that for a while now. Um, I don't know if you guys think this has changed much as far as the actual November election is concerned. Well, it's going to be difficult because, I mean, they said that if Biden wins by three, two to three points, he'll still lose the Electoral College. So it's, it's you know, it's trying to get down the the Democratic vote in the swing states as much mm-hmm. as possible. That's the road to, 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 to victory. I mean, uh, Trump got less votes in terms of total than Mitt Romney did in 2012, but still managed to win. They are able to do this without um, winning majority support. So, yeah, voter, voter suppression um, is probably good. But then this these kinds of things especially you know i mean it's it's the elder vote it's the suburban uh mom vote it's it's um the the vote of the military families it's yeah i mean if those people don't turn out in the crucial seats then trump is gonna lose i mean he's just gonna lose i mean there's not mm-hmm. two ways about about that and and it's and this this kind of stuff is strange, especially because sometimes I you know I just think of, or well, I used to think of Trump as someone who, who read the room fairly well on what people wanted. Uh, he did that I think masterfully in twenty sixteen and bent the Republican Party to to his will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just these these character flaws which are really the worst things about him are just so odious like it's just it's just it just beggars belief i don't i don't get it it's mm-hmm. like it's like staring into hell <laughs> yes yeah that's that's a very fair description i think we're all kind of defeated after talking about donald trump for an hour it's maybe not as much fun as, fun as we thought it was theoretically <laughs> you're sad now <laughs> you are <yours. laughs> Oh, Vaughn, you can always just find a friend and whatever you're drinking, that, that will, that will get, <laughs> yeah. get, you, get you through the rest of the afternoon. Right, okay. Do we want to circle back on uh, theoretical creatures um, and their politicians, or shall we, shall, we, shall we leave it there? I mean, I like that conversation, but we don't have to go into it. I, I mean, think Kimberly Gilfoyle is a banshee. As a banshee, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, that's very apt. I was trying to str- struggle to think if there were any that was maybe more positive, like, you know, could you think of AOC as, I don't know, like a unicorn or, you know, something like that. But th- there wasn't anything in particular that kind of struck me. But... Think of Valkyrie. Oh, I yeah. like that. That works. Wow, Vaughn, you really should be doing this as like some sort of side project or something. <laughs> uh, m- maybe that's an article we can put together for the Impressions of America website where Vaughn pulls together... Um, mythical creatures and compares them to politicians so you know um yeah that that would be something uh yeah so um have we got anything more to say about trump other than the fact that there's a very good chance that none of us will be voting from now can you guys compare this to like like theodore roosevelt like a guy who was known for like martial virtues for like personal bravery spanish Mm -hmm. mexican american war uh, uses the bully pul- pulpit, uses a different method of communication, just in many ways like like Trump. And, you know, like he was loved by the p- 
people for those kinds of characteristics, right? Mm-hmm. And Trump is not only like scared of <laughs> conflict or physical conflict, mm-hmm. even though he projects a lot of stuff, he also dislikes and is a little weirded by people like that. It's just it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is, it is amazing for someone who, as you say, Toby project, projects themselves as a strong man who is just seemingly so petrified of, of any kind of dangerous situation at all. And yet it still seems to pull together a large audience for him who do, who do believe in his strength. Um, yeah. Right. I don't think we've got anything more to add then. Uh, Vaughn, if you want to scribble down all those um, those creatures into uh, into American politicians, that would be grand. Uh, Toby and I will think about how we can get ourselves in the 2024 RNC uh, signing in of uh, Americanized uh, citizens. Uh, It'd probably be one of those creatures that's up as a candidate. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you referring to... uh, I was going to make a joke about, oh, it'll be this... I honestly can't think which American politician will be up for 2024. I mean, they're not going to fall back to Ruby or someone, are they? Well... There, my my flatmate and I were having a conversation earlier about Mike Pence being the uh-huh. captain. If if Biden does win, then mm-hmm. Pence is probably in the best position to run in twenty twenty four. Isn't that bleak? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, by that logic, Tim Kaine should be you know verging on the presidency. So. Yeah, but who is Tim Kaine? You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. I think Pence will run. He'll be running against like Tom Cotton, Rubio again, um, Josh Hawley, maybe Ted Cruz again, maybe. I think that there there very is a good there's a good chance that we see one of these QAnon people rise to prominence and they Yeah, it it just it keeps happening in cycles, right? Yeah. Like you have like um you know, just crazier people coming in and then taking out the people who are already crazy. <laughs> like the the don't tread on me people, then mm-hmm. replaced by the QAnon people, then replaced by another wave. Although there there seems to be more women in um in congressional seats running in this cycle, mm-hmm. like Republicans. So you know, I mean, yeah. I guess there probably will be QAnon people, but at least they're women. You know. Yeah. <laughs> It, progress yeah it, it, it's fine if you know we disenfranchise the poor as long as it's a girl boss who does it um mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right okay uh well i thought this was gonna be a really fun episode but i think we're all gonna go just back to our rooms and cry now um <laughs> uh yeah if you're still listening to this podcast well done uh, if you want to uh, rate and comment on iTunes or wherever, you know, please do. Please spread the podcast uh, to friends and family wherever you can. And the invitation is still open for the best comment to go on a date with Toby. So, mm. uh, you know, please keep that in mind if you add a comment to uh, to iTunes. Uh, any more ideas on the date, Toby, or is it still going to be Paris? Um, yeah, probably going to be Paris. Paris with Toby. Good deal. What a beautiful thought. Okay, well, from <laughs> from Toby, Vaughn, and myself, Simon, thanks very much for listening, and uh, we'll have another podcast for you in the near future. Goodbye. All right.